I'm Dan Casper, and welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to talking about, well, a lot of things, mostly sports, mixed in with some other entertaining, interesting, unplugged, and unfiltered conversations. We'll debate, banter, analyze, and have some fun conversations that make you think and laugh. I'll be your host guiding each episode, and occasionally we'll have some guests with me. So kick back and join in on the latest conversations going on in the man cave. So let's do it. Let's get this episode started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Dan Casper here. Another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you checking out this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, whether you are a regular listener, first-time listener, big thanks, and hopefully we can uh, we can get you to subscribe or, or follow the, the podcast moving forward. Don't forget, if you're listening like on iTunes or Spotify, Go ahead and give that a five-star rating, okay, so other people can find that podcast. But, uh, oh, man, what do we got on the docket for this uh, for this episode? Well, a little bit of everything. We're going to ta- chat a little uh, chat a little baseball. We're going to chat a little football. We're going to chat a little Batman. There's a new Batman movie coming out. Don't know if anybody knows that. I'm a big Batman fan. Now, I'm a Batman fan in terms of, like, the movies ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, collected the toys and all that but i'm not like a a die hard batman dude where i know anything about the comics because i don't know anything about the comics but in terms of the movies and like the toys oh yeah that was me that was me batman in my opinion is the best superhero of all time because he's like the only one that doesn't have like uh like natural supernatural powers you know what i mean superman could fly Flash can run fast. Batman was a rich dude that beat up people and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, Batman, to me, is number one. Numero uno. But chatting with my uh, good buddy Alex, Alex Edwards, he's kind of a more of a, he's kind of more of a, a Batman aficionado, if you will. So, chat a little bit about him. You'll hear that coming up uh, halfway through this podcast. Um, at the end, I'm going to chat a little bit about... Uh, a little football with with Aaron Rodgers and an interesting hire by the Packers, an interesting hire by the Packers to either gives us a glimpse or gives us a sign of perhaps what the plan is for for A-Rodge, maybe a little bit. And then, you know, everybody's talking about the the Hall of Famers and, and Matthew Stafford, you know, Rams winning the Super Bowl did that solidify his spot into the into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, I, I, I'm going to go through that as well, too. We're, we're going to chat about that for a little bit. But I want to lead the podcast off with uh, talking about Major League Baseball, the Players Association, and their labor dispute that is still going on. So at the time of this recording, they had just got done with another meeting that lasted only 15 minutes and it sounds like they're further apart. I, without going into details about every little thing of what's going on, because it's not just one issue, it's a bunch of different issues. It's tax thresholds, it's arbitration years, it's you know, it, it, it's a bunch of different factors. And right now, it sure doesn't seem like that we are going to get this baseball season started on time. 
spring training pitchers and catchers were supposed to have already reported. So it's a pretty much a guarantee, I would say, that spring training isn't going to happen, or at least it's not going to start on time. And at this point, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in in some areas, like the like the one was it uh, the arbitration pool or something like that, where they're a hundred some million dollars away. Yeah, that much. We're not talking like a few million dollars or anything like that. It's uh, this was from John Hyman. One day after spring training workouts were supposed to begin, almost no no progress was made. The union obviously didn't think much of Major League Baseball's last offer, so they moved basically not at all. Sides are now $100 million apart on the bonus pool for zero- to three-year players instead of 85, which was like a week or two ago. That's that's just one issue right now. $100 million and a few million dollars where they can just like split the difference. We're talking $100 million. So that's where, like, factor all that stuff in, and I just don't have a good feeling that the season's going to start on time. I want to start on time. This is so, I mean, baseball, fans want the damn game. They they want the game. We want to go to games. We want to talk about the games. Teams still have to finish up with their roster building, for crying out loud. And baseball for a sport for the last few years who have been trying to, you know, get more fans involved or or maybe kind of really bring in those casual fans to be more of a dedicated fan base. You're going to lose those fans if you keep this up. And if you go into the season already delayed, it's going to happen. Diehards, diehard baseball fans, they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to go anywhere. It's those casual fans, those fans, yeah, we'll, I'll turn the game on or I'll turn the radio on and listen to it and all that. But you you go into a lockout and you start missing some games, you're going to lose some fans. And if you remember in the mid-'90s, baseball was struggling after that lockout and the home run chase kind of uh, brought it back in there. And I don't know if baseball's going to need another thing like that. I you know, I, I don't know, but baseball needs a lot of help right now, and oh, it's it's frustrating as a sports fan to to see this continue. And and the and the thing that really kind of gets me too is like, okay, they had a 15 minute meeting. That's one thing that bugged me. But the one thing that really is 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 frustrating is the gap in between meetings. So like, they'll have a meeting. But then it, it's not like until a week, week and a half, whatever, later until they have another meeting. They should be meeting every day, every couple of days. Why are we taking so long? Why are they taking so long in between meetings? It doesn't take a week, week and a half to adjust counter proposals. It doesn't, especially since it's been minor proposals so far. This is, ugh, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling. I do not have a good feeling. One thing that, that kind of came out was it sounds like uh, perhaps an expansion 
of of the playoff teams up to 14. And, you know, at, at first blush, I wasn't in favor of it. And usually I'm not in favor of expanding the postseason in a lot of sports because I feel like it gets uh, it gets watered down. But then I heard it was on uh, Mad Dog. It was uh, Chris Russo and uh, Tom Verducci. They were talking a little bit about it. And I'm like, you know, the points they made was actually, I think it was Tom that made this point. And I think it would work in baseball. Like, if you want to argue it's going to water it down, I get it. I totally get it. I'm not going to completely disagree with you. But they made the point, too, where, like, you know, last year if they had 14 teams, an 82-win Philadelphia Phillies team would have been in. And that allows maybe these other teams, maybe these teams that that uh, can't afford big payrolls, a chance to get into the postseason. Then a GM can, you know, tell their fan base, you know, that, or I should say the GM can't tell the fan base, yeah, we're not going to be able to compete for the postseason, yada, yada, yada. Really, the benchmark's, what, 80-some games? 80-some games? Winning half your games? If that's the benchmark to get in the postseason? Yeah, you might have a team that has only 80 wins make a little bit of a run in the postseason, but it gives some of these other franchises, maybe these you know, I know the Phillies are kind of a bad example because they do like to shell out a lot of money, but it kind of gives a little bit more of the fan bases and some of these teams a shot to get in the postseason. You know what I mean? Like, usually we always focus on it's not always foolproof where the the highest paying teams get in and, and all that sort of stuff, but I think it could work for baseball because you're necessarily not going to have you're still going to have teams that do this, but not as many anymore selling off their players early because they, they kind of look at it as like, no, nah, we're not going to be able to make the postseason at like 80 wins, 78 wins or something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit watered down, but it forces these teams and forces these GMs kind of inadvertently to keep their players and still try to go for the thing in the postseason because that's one of my – one of my issues that I've had for baseball for a long time has been teams adding these players, but if they don't make the postseason in the first year with all these players, they uh, they get rid of those players. They already give up. That's always kind of been a big issue for me when it comes to baseball there. The one thing I don't know about with this proposal that I saw was the uh, the top team would get the bye into the divisional round, and then the two seed would like pick the team that they want to face, and then you know three seed would would do the next one, and so on. And I'm like, I saw that getting rumored out last year, and I'm like, oh, that's funny, kind of a joke, you know, cool thing. But then it's like, this might actually happen. Like you might actually have a two seed picking. I want to play that one. I want to play this team. It'll, you know. Two seed picking, you would think, who they think they match up the best against. And then that lower team would be like, or that team would be like, all right, you think we suck? All right, well, you're going to get our best shot now. They take offense to it, right? So I'm intrigued with it. I'm, I'm, I kind of want to see it happen. And it's just something that's so different. And 
maybe this is what baseball needs to kind of, you know, we talked about those fan bases and getting those fans in again. Maybe this is kind of what baseball needs is, is stuff like this. I don't know. I don't like too much of a gimmicky thing like the the runner starting on second. Hey, I'm all about not having baseball games go 18, 19 innings. I'm all about that. I don't want that. I hate that. But having a runner start at second, it's like, uh, nah, not, I don't like that either. I don't like that either. So, but I guess, you know, back to, to the overall thing with, with this baseball, I I don't have a whole lot of confidence this thing's going to start out on time. I don't have a whole lot of confidence at all. So, all right. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and then coming up after this quick message, let's uh, let's chat some quarterbacks all right let's chat some quarterbacks that's coming up after this just a quick time out to remind you to subscribe and follow the man cave podcast on your favorite podcasting platform all right back to the episode so the rams are your super bowl champions and matthew stafford uh, has himself a Super Bowl to his resume, and now everybody is is debating whether he is a a Hall of Fame quarterback now. And you, you look at it; he's got the Super Bowl. He's he's got a lot of stats. He's thrown the ball a ton in his career. He's just got one Pro Bowl to his resume, which to me, Pro Bowls don't mean anything. But at the same time, if you don't have a lot of Pro Bowls either. Like, they just pass those out all the time, it seems like. So the fact that he only has one, uh, that kind of surprised me, to, to be honest with you. Kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. So, um, But, you know, it's it's a debate that's going on right now. And it, I, I'll just tell you, I don't think Matthew Stafford right now is a Hall of Famer. But the thing is, Stafford ain't done playing. You know, he's got he's got more of his story to write. So I think, you know, right now, is his resume good enough for the Hall of Fame? You know, I know there's there, there, there's some sides of people saying, why are we debating this? He's still playing. He's still, he, he could still, he's still got more years. It's dumb to have this argument. And then there's others that, you know, are debating it. I think it's fine to talk about it as long as we have kind of that caveat that says his story's not done. He's still got a few more years. And as of right now, is this resume good enough? I don't think it is. It's like interviewing for a job, a job that you want, and maybe you don't have all the experience, so your resume doesn't look the greatest compared to others. Well, you keep working, you keep gaining that experience, and then maybe eventually you get that job. You know, right now, I don't think Matthew Stafford has the resume to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't think he has it. Matt Ryan's got an MVP. He's got an All-Pro. He's been to one Super Bowl, but no ring. Does he have an MVP or a Hall of Fame resume? I don't think so either. I don't think he does. But I think a lot of these quarterbacks that I'm about to mention, I think they're going to get in. I think they're going to get in because I think, and I love the Hall of Fame. I love history. I love sports history. But I do think that the NFL Hall of Famer, and, and maybe like for a lot, I shouldn't say the NFL Hall of Fame because it's technically not the NFL Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I do think it's 
it's kind of gotten watered down when it comes to maybe certain positions, especially the, the quarterback spot. I don't think it's completely got watered down because don't tell guys like Leroy Butler and Jerry Kramer it's been watered down. They've waited too long to get in. But I think we're so enamored with the quarterback position that and I don't think there should be a criteria when it comes to players because it's way too hard, especially with different positions. But we've become so enamored with that quarterback position and so goo-goo-gaga about it that when there's a good quarterback, let's put him in the Hall of Fame. You know, I'm not saying Stafford or Matt Ryan's awful. I think they're good quarterbacks. But I think maybe when it gets to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, maybe we need to set the bar a little bit higher when it comes to those quarterbacks because we know how important quarterbacks are to to teams. You need that quarterback to win a championship. We know that. More times than not, you need that really, really good one. So maybe we just need to set that bar just a little bit higher when it comes to figuring out which quarterbacks deserve to get a spot in Canton. You know, we call it the most important position in all of sports, that quarterback. So maybe we just need to up that bar a little bit. You know, it's going to be interesting in the coming years. Like Eli Manning is going to be a big uh, debated one. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. Regular season, you can debate what he did. Uh, Phillip Rivers has numbers in the regular season, doesn't have anything in the postseason. Ben Roethlisberger. Two Super Bowls, no Super Bowl MVPs, has a lot of numbers. It's kind of that combo of Eli and Phillip Rivers in a lot of essence. I think one question when you come into, like, Hall of Fame players, you have to ask the question, was that player the best at their position for multiple years? Kind of like how Aaron Rodgers discuss Devontae Adams and his Pro Football Hall of Fame future. Is Has that player been one of the best at their certain positions, you know, at multiple years throughout their career? Can you say that about Stafford? Can you say that about Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, for sure, for one year. You know, can you say that about Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning and, heck, even Ben Roethlisberger? I think ultimately all of them would go in. But really, if if I was if I was setting the bar up higher, which I think it has to be, maybe only one or two of those guys gets in. You know, there's a lot of other quarterbacks that that kind of have similar resumes that are not in. You know, I'm thinking like a Donovan McNabb. I mean, Vinny Testaverde's got a bunch of stats. Heck, Michael Vick might have been the most dynamic quarterback in the league for a short period of time, but he ain't getting in. I just think when it comes to Hall of Fames and quarterbacks, we've got to set that bar a little bit higher. We've got to set that bar a little bit higher. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with setting the bar just a little bit higher. It's the Hall of Fame. Not the Hall of Good. Not the Hall of Very Good. The Hall of Fame. The legends. The best of the best. So if we got to set that bar, we got to increase it a little bit higher. That's not a knock on anybody. It's an exclusive club of honoring the best. And we can't get it, can't let it get watered down a little bit. 
All right, quick message. We're going to talk some Batman with my buddy Alex. Then we're going to end the podcast. Make sure you're sticking around. I want to talk about this new coach that's coming to Green Bay. That's coming up at the end. But quick message, Batman, Aaron Rodgers, new coach. Hey, everyone. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your questions. So hit me up with some questions for our Q&A segments that we have on the Man Cave Podcast. Just find me on Twitter and Facebook and hit me up with those questions. My buddy Alex, Alex Woo-hoo. Edwards, Wax, joining us now on the uh, on the podcast. We're both Batman dudes. Yep. You're actually wearing your Batman shirt? I didn't even realize this. My Batman shoes. And you got socks on. Look, my Batman underwear. No, you don't. Oh. You don't need this. Did you do this on purpose because we were going to talk about Batman? I kind of did. <laughs> You're such a nerd. There's a good chance that I would have wore it, but specifically I did. You are such a nerd. You, you know what, which Batman this is from? That is from, from the worst Batman movie there was. Batman Robin? Yeah. Okay. George Clooney, Mr. Freeze. Yep. Pretty sad. Yeah. That the, the t-shirt has lasted longer than the movie. Why did you get it for that? <laughs> Is it just because it was a Batman t-shirt? Yeah, it's okay. got like the Mr. Freeze, the cold thing. Yeah. Okay. I remember as a kid when they said that was coming out, like we knew it was going to be Mr. Freeze before they announced it. And we Arnold knew Schwarzenegger. Who, yeah, it was going to be Arnold. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Didn't they try to like hide him so we didn't see much of the costume beforehand? I remember yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Little, little. Yeah. I remember collecting the glasses. Oh, that's right. Like Who McDonald's. had it? Like Hardy's McDonald's. Or Mc- oh, McDonald's yeah. had it. Like Batman Forever had the great cast, but the movie was just bad. Uh, Chris O'Donnell yeah. was Robin, and then Alicia Nicole Silverstone. Kim, Nicole, well, Batman Robin, but Batman oh. Forever, Val Kilmer. Okay, yep, yep. And then uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey Riddler, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah, they had all the stuff. Even the next one, they even that was, I think, part of their problem. We're going way back before I go for it. I think that was their problem. They just they kept adding characters instead of adding better stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, by, by the time we got to Batman and Robin, it was Batman and Robin and Mr. Freeze and uh, Poison Ivy and Batgirl, and, and they just it was too much, and yeah. it got silly, too. And it then did. It killed the franchise for well, years. Well, does Tim Burton kind of like him not doing those movies? Is that the reason why? He did it went the first to, two. He did the first two, but then it really changed into uh, like a more of a, like a, uh, was it a, uh, uh, you know, how do I want to describe it? Flashy, colorful sort of thing. Yeah. And like Tim Burton was more the dark. Right. And they said it was too side. dark. You know, he did the first two, the one with Jack Nicholson as Joker, mm-hmm. and then the Penguin in the second one. And even, uh, you know, the Cat Girl or Catwoman yep. with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was done. Yeah. In Joel a Schumacher. Darker. Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah. He, he even says, and even George Clooney says with the, the nipples. Yeah. <laughs> like, with, that was the end of it. It had to be the end of it because it couldn't go any more bizarre. No. Yeah. And then it took how many, how many years before Christian Bale? Well, then it's like, yeah, when Nolan did it, then it went back to being dark. Darker. Yeah. So Batman, that's one thing because I'll, I'll, I hope I'm not disappointing anyone, but yeah. I'm, I'm a Marvel guy. But the only exception really is, is for Batman. And that's why, because I like the darker, mm-hmm. more vigilante. Part right. of Batman. Yeah. So now we got the Batman coming out. I'm right. getting confused with the names. The Batman. The, that changes everything, right? Yeah. The, the Batman <laughs> with a uh, vampire dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Zoe Kravitz. Yep. Uh, Colin Farrell's the penguin. Right. Uh, he was unrecognizable. Yeah. I saw the trailers. And the, the Riddler, I don't know who that guy is. Um, I've, yeah. I've never really heard of him before, but that no. doesn't really mean anything. I'm looking at some of the uh, Andy Circus is uh, the guy from the you know uh, Gollum from oh yep yep and he's going to play Alfred okay. uh, Pennyworth and then Jeffrey Wright you'd know him if you see him plays uh, James Gordon okay on this but they got like a different DA name don't they DA it's not uh, 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 District Attorney it's Gil Colson yeah and that's Peter Sarsgaard I'm looking at IMDb yeah. here. 
So, um, yeah, it's going to be darker. They, I think a lot of fans, and you couldn't have done this, but a lot of fans were hoping it was going to go rated R and it's going to be PG-13. Really? And, I mean, because remember the Joker yep. uh, that we did with uh, Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix yep. was darker and some F-bombs or whatever, mm-hmm. but that movie still did well, that dark and rated R. But then if you if you just didn't watch Spider-Man recently, mm-hmm. where was they had to walk a fine line because they wanted to tell a story that had some sadness and drama and, and meanness in it, but they also wanted it to be to sell action figures and for littler mm-hmm. kids to come and see. So I don't know... What yeah, because they got the action figures out now for this. Right. And Little Caesars is doing a pizza thing and all that sort of stuff with it. So they're it. trying. Yeah. I expect it to be dark. So, I mean, because Robert Pattinson looks like, not in his Batman, but like in just in the trailers I've seen, like he looks like a darker kind of character. Like not a Bruce Wayne that's like, you know. A playboy. Not like a George Clooney yeah. or a Val Kilmer or right. anything like that. I think this is supposed to be set earlier. In, I think it's supposed to be like year two of okay. him being Batman from what I understand. So would this kind of be like... Pre or post Joker? That's the other thing about Batman. And for the casual person, you're not geeks like us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many incarnations of the story. His parents were shot, and was mm-hmm. that Joker that shot them? I mean, there's so many different stories and storylines. It's kind of like what they're doing now with Marvel with alternate universes or, you know, multiverses. Yep. So it's hard to tell which came before which at any point in time right. because even this story compared to Christopher Nolan's, compared to Schumacher's, compared to all of those. Uh, really don't dovetail together. They're mm-hmm. all different stories, different timelines. So I'm not sure exactly uh, if this will be pre-Joker. I assume it is. Okay, because wasn't say. there a theory like when the Joker came out that there'd be another Batman Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, or am I making that up? Did you? It's gone back. Ben Affleck yeah. was supposed to be in yeah. his own Batman movie. Now Michael Keaton's back in the Flash movie as Batman. Is Which that... is, again, a different yeah universe, yeah. supposedly. So I guess... If you're going to watch this, I would say, and I don't know anything more than most people, you know, a little more geekier, but I don't think you have to know anything okay. to go see this. You know what I mean? So yeah. you don't have to go do research and figure out if, if Joaquin Phoenix is Joker or Jack Nick or whatever. Right. I, I just think you can go into this and be pretty early on in the current story that they're telling. Okay. So, like, with with this movie then, I guess, you know, you, you hear Vampire do Robert Pattinson's Batman, <laughs> and everybody's like, are you kidding? And, and I know people had the same sort of thoughts with Heath Ledger as Batman. Oh, yeah. As I did, Joker. too. Yeah, as Joker. Or, you know, as, as Joker, yeah. And it worked out marvelous. I mean, probably the best yeah. Batman movie in the whole series. Oh, yeah, I would say. What are your expectations then for Pattinson? I, well, they'll back up, you know, past Heath Ledger, but before Pattinson, I really didn't think Ben Affleck was going to be mm-hmm. a decent Batman. And I I really like him. In fact, he might, you know, be my second favorite character. Because you have to embody two different things. Mm -hmm. uh, Batman's character, Bruce Wayne, had to be this flashy playboy, so it would divert anybody from thinking that he was Batman. So you have to, as an actor, play two very different kind of roles. Flashy playboy and dark brooding guy who's going to beat your head in at night. Mm -hmm. And I thought Affleck balanced that line pretty well. Kilmer, uh, it was just a one-off. I never got into that one. No. Um, Clooney. Clooney, I felt like they felt like that was the guy at the time to play that, and it just yeah. didn't work. I liked him as Bruce Wayne. He yeah. made a perfect Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Batman, not very believable. And obviously, I know you like Keaton as your favorite. Keaton is my favorite. Yeah. And so when you say Ben Affleck's your second favorite, that means Keaton would be your third then. Yeah, Christian Bale. And yeah. I guess because, again, they went dark back to the, the darkness, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Um, with that said, I'm okay with Pat. I'm, I'm going to give him a very good chance at this. You know, mm-hmm. I obviously... You can't say the Twilight series without me rolling my eyes. Yeah. 
I'll be it, honest, I never saw it. The only thing I know Patton said of is uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're going, <laughs> no, I think I did see, you know, one and a half of the Twilight movies. <laughs> but if you think about it, that character was just a, a real stoic, morose character as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he was a vampire, yeah. uh, a teenage vampire that glittered in the sun. <laughs> um, so taking all that aside, it's not that big of a leap to play Batman, mm-hmm. you know? Does it almost look like in the previews that him and uh, the Catwoman have a relationship? It does. That's Zoe Kravitz. Is, yeah. Is, is that accurate in like the comic books and all that sort of stuff? Off and on. It's kind of okay. one of those, they had that relationship where, you know, I got to go hunt you down and bring you in because she was a cat burglar, yep. you know, and then they they uh, became a thing off and on okay. kind of thing. So kind of similar to, I guess, uh, what was the last uh, Chris Nolan one, uh, Batman Rises or Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises. Because at the end, they're like on vacation or something like that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and and all that sort of stuff but it'll be interesting because we still have Joaquin Phoenix hanging out there I mean mm-hmm. he said initially he said I'm not going to play the Joker again this is a one-off thing and then when the the money started rolling in he said yeah. last I remember him saying okay there's one in the works mm-hmm. now could it be a standalone Joker yes but how many of those are we going to really even want to see right because that movie was so dark yeah I saw it in the theater, and I came out of there feeling like it just kept getting darker and darker. And like you came out of there not knowing what you're getting into. I'm like, I just knocked the breath away. And then when I went back and watched it, knowing where it was going, it was not any more enjoyable, but at least it was more interesting than mm-hmm. what the first viewing did. So you can't have too many more of those, right. just darker and darker, without having something. And obviously, it's Batman. But right. are, is it going to be Joaquin Phoenix as Joker? Is it going to be Pattinson as Batman? Or, you know, what's got to happen? Right. But that's exactly. what everyone wants. That's his big feeling. I feel like this movie, just to kind of wrap it up here, kind of snuck up on everybody. I know it was delayed a couple times. Right. But then it's like all of a sudden, boom, it's here in like two weeks or right. three weeks. I think it's long, too. If is it long? Say, I thought it was over like two hours, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy moly. So you're going you're gonna to get your money's worth, too. Well, I'm glad. Like, the one thing, if you said it's like he's year two, that's the one thing I didn't like about Batman Begins. There was a lot of buildup before he became Batman. Right. You know, you didn't see a whole lot. So if he's going to jump in, we already know he's Batman, and it's not that buildup, then I can sit through a long movie like that. Yeah, I think so. That sort of stuff. So Okay. All right, dude. We'll talk. Will you watch it? I'll watch it. Then we'll talk. We'll again. reconvene right we'll here. We'll reconvene. All right. Thanks, buddy. Be back. Hey everyone, Dan here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Dan Casper, D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. And hit the like and follow button on my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Casper Sports. So the Packers apparently have a new quarterback coach. That's right. And he's a familiar face. Tom Clements, who was with the Packers from 2006 to 2016. It was right in the bread and butter years of one Aaron Charles Rodgers. I uh, remember he was offensive coordinator, called the plays there for a little bit before Mike McCarthy took him back, uh, then was an assistant head coach. So interesting hire. Interesting hire. Because Tom Clements, his last job, he was the uh, quarterback's coach and pass game coordinator with the Arizona Cardinals from 2019 to 2020, retired, and now he's coming back. Does this point to a sign? And and Aaron Rodgers has been very complimentary of Tom Clements throughout the years. Credited him a lot with his development. Has nothing but like positive stuff to say about Tom Clements. So naturally, you're looking at this and it's like, hey now, is this a sign? 
Tom Clements is 68 years old. He's not coming back to coach Jordan Love. He's not. I can't see that. He's got to have a good idea that Aaron's coming back. I mean, I'm, I, I got to imagine. This is how I envision it playing out because, you know, the quarterback coach position, it, it's taken a little bit to be filled. They have an assistant quarterback's coach. I mean, Vrabel, their wide receiver's coach, was a quarterback in college. You kind of thought, okay, you move him up, you move Ruval Martin to wide receiver's coach. It didn't happen that way. And then you're like, okay, the Rams didn't have a quarterback coach last year. They had an assistant quarterback coach. Would the would Lafleur do a similar approach, which I wasn't in favor of because I don't want to see a head coach working with the quarterbacks. Focus on the game, okay? Focus on the game. So, and then it's like, okay, well, maybe they're gonna wait and see. With uh, if Aaron comes back, then they'll address it. Maybe a different type of of quarterback coach. If Aaron's the starter or Jordan Love or or whatever have you. So with Tom Clements coming back to Green Bay, 68-year-old Tom Clements, I think this is a sign that Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay. And I have to imagine Rodgers and Clements talked. They had to have talked. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that maybe Aaron was the first one to reach out to him. Or maybe it was LaFleur, and LaFleur mentioned it to Aaron. Aaron had to be in the loop on this whole thing. I'd be shocked if Aaron was not on the loop, that they were looking at Tom Clements. Or heck, like I said, maybe even Aaron was the dude who mentioned Tom Clements as a possibility. Okay, But I think this is a move. I think this is a move to not only pacify Aaron Rodgers, but it's also a move that I think is a, is an indicator that Aaron Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay. And I got to imagine Tom Clements and Aaron Rodgers have already spoke. I have to imagine that's the case. I mean, why else would a 68-year-old come back to Green Bay to be a quarterback coach? Yeah, maybe he missed football. And yes, there are coaches out there who are much older. I understand that. But uh, there's just, it's just, it's too much of a coincidence. It's too much of a coincidence for me. So I think this is a sign. If you wanted Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay, this is a good sign. And we know how much Aaron over the years has talked about his quarterback coaches, right? We, we know that. Alex Van Pelt, he's talked about a lot. Tom Clements, he's talked a lot about. Luke Getze, he's talked a lot about. He gets he gets one of those back. He gets one of those back. So there you go. I think it's a good sign. But I think we'll know next week. I think we'll know next week whether Aaron's coming back or not. I feel like it's either retirement or or gonna play. And well, now that the dude is single, hey, let's uh let's come back and play some football. You know, in the radio show, I kind of threw out this scenario. Let's say Aaron says, "I'll give you two years. Two years, and I'm done. I'm calling it quits." Then I know people are going to be like, well, what do you do with Jordan Love? You trade him now, you actually lose money, dead cap. You could spread it out in a couple of years and all that. I understand that. But, I mean, if we're still in a COVID year and, and you know Aaron's played banged up here or there, I still want the Packers to have a good backup option for injuries or, or missed games. 
And let's not forget, they technically controlled Jordan Love for three years. Two years, then a fifth-year option. But the other thing is, you know, we were playing a little law and order, you know, make your case one way or the other. The draft, not a lot of love for the quarterbacks in this draft. Supply and demand, teams looking for quarterbacks. One of those teams, the Colts, possibly if they move on from Carson Wentz, was the reason, if you believe reports and rumors, why Green Bay moved up in the draft to get Jordan Love. They were afraid the Colts were going to get him. All right, well, here you go. Possible trade there? That's one side of it. But you might only get like a mid-round pick or a third or fourth round pick. You're not going to get a first-round pick back. You get a second-round pick back, though, I think you take that. But overall, I think this is a good sign. Aaron's coming back. All right, peeps, This is that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast, Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you checking us out. Let's play the ending there. I'll tell you how you subscribe and you're following the podcast. Appreciate you listening. We'll chat with you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, well, hopefully you liked it so you'll be back. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're practically everywhere. And if you're listening to somewhere like on iTunes, don't forget to give us a good rating so other people can find the podcast as well. And and tell your friends and family about us. And if you are a regular listener to the Man Cave Podcast, hey, appreciate the support, everyone. Appreciate the support. Again, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast, rate us, and tell your friends about the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. We'll talk to you again next time.